Are you going to talk about spinster today? It's spinister. He looks like a spinster to me. No, he's a spinister because he's got <laughs> helicopter blades that spin. No, oh, he's, okay. he's, he's a desk bot. Okay, what's that mean? You just put him on his desk and he just stands there? Yeah, and you just you, you play with it when you want to. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's all. Cool. Oh, you brought something too. <laughs> what on earth is that? That's a new guest. <gasps> it sounds just like you. <laughs> Did you what want me to put an it? accent on? <laughs> oh, no. Your accents. Okay. Okay. <laughs> What's it going to say? He's Hello. just going to talk for me. <laughs> the whole way through? Until my hand gets tired. <laughs> Your hand's tired now. He's barely moving the mouth on the thing. <laughs> it's called subtlety. <laughs> This is the Robot Head and Speak podcast. Two creatives talking about where art and life intersect. Crash and burn. Hello, welcome, wherever you are, whenever you are, and thank you for listening to the Robot Head and Spook Podcast. My name is Michael, aka Robot Head, and with me... Hi, I'm JF and I'm the Spook. Um, you're actually a, a puppet. Am I? Apparently. I, I... I'm, I'm looking at you and you're a puppet. Oh, okay, that's news to me. I don't, I don't really know what you're talking about. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at you and you're, you're fuzzy, you've got googly eyes and... This is very interesting. I've never, I've never actually. Well, can you describe what you're? Because um, this is a yeah. purely audio medium, and <laughs> no, no one visual. actually knows what the yeah. hell you're on about. Okay, so <laughs> across the across the studio from me, we're in we're in um, uh, we're we're in an alternative studio today. Um, but across the studio from me is a um, a, a furry uh, black creature thing. He looks like you've got a bit of a mohawk. Um, and you've got uh, big white eyes. You've got a red mouth and and some amazing fangs in there that look quite dangerous. And 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 you, in fact, do look a little bit spooky. Thank you. You're welcome. Yes, uh, I. Uh, we've. I think we decided to turn this, or I decided to turn this into a puppet show. Yeah. Um, since for just me, since it, as you said, this is an purely, all audio, purely yeah. audio yeah. medium. <laughs> well, I mean, like after I made this guy, which I made him out of pure curiosity to see if it was possible to make one. Yeah. Um, it dawned on me that a lot of the TV that we've grown up on yeah. has actually been puppet shows. Yeah. Which no one actually ever calls out that it's a puppet show. We just accept the fact that shows like Hey Hate Saturday uh, was a puppet uh, show. <laughs> Cartoon Connection? Is that cartoon, the one with Agro? All of the uh, Cartoon Connection. There was um, the one with Daryl Cotton and Marty Monster. Monster. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Early Bird Show. The Early Bird Show. Yep. Mr. Squiggle. Yep. Now Giggle and Hoot. Yep. All of those shows are puppet shows. So yeah. I thought we'd continue that long reign of success with our own puppet. Big shout out to the late Jim Henson too. In that, um, the, what, what we know as... Um, uh, Sesame Street and the Muppets and that kind of thing was um, when you know he he virtually created that um, and and stuff that 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 puppet stuff that 
the way that those puppets are. We, you know, we take it for granted. You know, we've grown up with Sesame Street and the Muppet Show and all that kind of stuff. He, he virtually invented a lot of that kind of puppeteering. It had never been in um, any kind of uh, popular media at the time. It was um, really cutting edge art. Yeah, I'm actually expecting a call from the Jim Hansen company at any point <laughs> in the very near future yeah. after this first appearance. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah. so are we calling you the Spook? No, my name's Franklin. Franklin. That's a good name. Yeah. Uh, named well, after anyone? No, I actually let it slip out and um, when I was introducing it to my kids and yeah. my daughters adopted that name as... Uh, Franklin. Yeah. So okay. she's like, hey, Frankie, how are you? She gives a puppet a hug every time I'm wearing it and stuff. So <laughs> so are we? Uh, can we um, fairly expect that Franklin is going to put in an appearance, um, put in an appearance uh, uh, um, well, on, on be... our socials at some point? Absolutely. And he's probably not going to be alone. Awesome. This is rather addictive. <laughs> like um, you're enjoying this over here. Yeah, I can see that. I feel like the um the old the granny in the Beverly Hillbillies at the end where she has to hold up her hand to wave. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> your arms getting sore. <laughs> my arms getting sore. I haven't done puppeteering before, and my arms getting oh. hot because it's got a big furry black bag over the top of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hands getting hot. Well, if Franklin needs a break, and uh, I just talk to you, that's that's all good. Okay. Yeah. But let's I mean, see if we you, get through the first. You look at whatever set of eyes you want to look at. It doesn't bother me. Yeah. All right. So um, we got a bunch to get through um, today. So I wanted to start off with a conversation. We've got two experiments that we're going to run. Uh, one sort of now-ish and one a little bit later. I'm not privy to either of these experiments at this point. Oh, this will be fun. This will be fun. Okay. A bit of, bit of theatre here. And, and um, yeah, so... We need the, more theatre? <laughs> yeah, but more than the puppet, apparently. <laughs> All right, so um, something happened in the last week, week and a half, um, depending on when this podcast gets released, um, that I did want to talk about because it was interesting. Now, what I've done here, and um, um, JF actually saw me do this, but he didn't see what I wrote down. I um, <laughs> What I did was I wrote down uh, predictions. We're going to have a chat about a particular topic Okay. And I wrote down a prediction on a piece of paper, just a couple of sentences, of things that I think you might say in response. And um, what we're going to do is we're going to see what the response is, let you say what you want to say, and then I'll get you to read the piece of paper and see how accurate it is. So basically what you're saying is you think you can predict my behaviour. Um, yes. I, I guess so. Yeah, you've but written hey, it down. You you've, know what? I'm ready to be. I'm, I'm ready to be wrong. Okay, because I mean, I'm pretty sure I know what you're going to talk about. I haven't read yeah. the article. Yeah, I've just got a. I just saw the clickbait article, yeah. and yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to read that right now. Cause, <laughs> yeah. I did tag you, didn't I? I tagged you did you tag me, and I'm Facebook like, yeah, that's that a, that'll be fun to read. Talk All right, about. so um, we're not going to get um, too deeply into politics, um, but it was announced um, this last week or so that. Um, of the government departments, of the 18 government departments, uh, the, several of them were going to be merging. So, you know, in terms of the public service, reducing the, um, the, the public service down from 18 departments to 14. And key amongst that was, um, and this has led to some angst in the, in the art world and the, on the world of the arts in general. Okay. Um, okay, so 
are the Department of Infrastructure, Transport, Cities and Regional Development has been merged with the Department of Communications and Arts, creating a new department called the Department of Infrastructure, Transport, Regional Development and Communications. So what you'll notice out of that is that arts has disappeared. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know that that's attached to any particular funding for arts, um, although I do note that um, funding cuts to the arts has been something that's happened pretty I, much ongoing for a, a long period of I time. I a funding cut to the arts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a walking funding cut. <laughs> um, so... <clears throat> Um, there's there's been lots of um, outcry mm-hmm. amongst uh, artists. This one uh, particular ABC article that I was reading had um, comments from Virginia Trioli, who's a an ABC ABC presenter and journalist. Uh, Sean McAuliffe, mm-hmm. who's a, a writer and a comedian um, and a very funny man. Um, there's also been I read on uh, Facebook some. Um, uh, some posts by Katie Noonan, who, in my opinion, has got the single best singing voice in Australia for at least the last decade. She's incredible. Mm-hmm. If you've not heard any of Katie Noonan's stuff, it's extraordinary. In fact, I might end up making one of Katie Noonan's songs. One of my favourite Katie Noonan songs is one of our songs, song on the we- song of the week on our socials. Okay, potentially. I mean, I don't. I've never even heard of her, so. Oh, she's incredible. Okay, I'll take your word for Lead it. Lead singer of George, moment. and she does. Oh, okay, yeah, George. Um, all right. Uh, and and she does a lot of solo stuff as well, and um, lots of um. She's probably been collabs on and Specs, that. Yeah. She is. There you go. In fact, she had a, a famous thing on Spicks and Specs where you know when you're having to. Um, guess what song they're singing. Yeah. So they sing the tune, but they're singing different words they're out of different out book of or whatever. And, stuff, yeah. and she started singing out of I don't know what it was even, but they knew what the song was. But they just let her go. They just let her go. Yeah. Because <laughs> it was so good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's Katie Noon. She's incredible. That's great. Anyway, she, so you're, you're she posted. On she posted on her um, Facebook page that the arts. So that's the arts in mm-hmm. general. Uh, contribute almost 7% to Australia's GDP, and yet the investment in the arts is under 1%. Okay. Um, of, I'm guessing that means of government spending. Mm-hmm. Now, I actually don't know where those figures have come from. I'm going to take Katie Noonan at Katie her, Noonan's brain. At well, I don't know. I have no idea. I, I, I'm, what I'm saying is I'm saying those figures without any kind of proof of backup. I'm just going to okay. assume that they're correct, that yep. she's not lying to me. Um, Wouldn't it be bad if she just lied? It would be bad. You know? <laughs> she's still got a great singing voice. But yeah, yeah. She, yeah, it's because like, yeah, she's like got this siren voice and then she doesn't yeah. believe anything she yeah. says. Yeah. Sort of like arts contributes 75% of the gross GDP of this country. And it's responsible for less than one percent of funding, and it's like, oh my god, what an outrage! <laughs> Katie Noonan wouldn't lie to us. <laughs> Katie Noonan for PM, I say. She can oh, yeah, sing yeah. the national yeah, anthem. Yeah. Everyone's for PM, yeah, yeah. Until yeah. she gets in there, and then you're like, oh, she's turned. She's no good anymore. No. Even Garrett, Katie, yeah, even Garrett, Katie oh, Noonan. We hate him now because he's in the government, you know. Uh, <laughs> so okay, so anyway, so go I've, on. With your thing. I've got thoughts, and I'm I guarantee that you've got thoughts and I've written down some of what I think you might say in response okay. to this but okay I, my belief is that that government should be funding things like the arts I mm-hmm. think that it speaks a lot about 
who we are and where we are as a, as a civilization. Yeah. When we look at how important or not important things like the arts and funding and money for the arts is. What do you reckon? I've never received a dollar from the government for arts, so I don't really care what they say. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, they're, they're cutting funding? Okay, well, does that mean I get less money? No. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, the only people it really affects, I think, are the people that actually go to get government grants and are like professional government grant writers who, you know, can get all their stuff, um, you know, sponsored and then they end up doing really dumb shit like squirting milk out their nose on the floor or something like that. Like really highfalutin <laughs> art art um, students who just do weird stuff. Wouldn't, like, wouldn't it cover things like, um, things like galleries, the National Gallery, for instance? There's a National Gallery sponsored by the Australian government. Guess so. It's national. It's a gallery. Well, you know what? It's, it's is, it, is it going to leave? Is it going to go? Well, no, but it might have its funding. Ah, who cares? This, listen, this is this is this just a way of Scott Morrison just like taking the emphasis off the bad shit that he's doing by like you know causing outrage in another thing so that hippies get outraged over something else. It's like, oh my god, look at that dog with the fluffy tail over there. You know, don't worry about climate change. Let's give you outrage over um, you know arts funding cutting. You know, it could be. I don't know. Like, it just seems dumb to me. It's like, oh, is this a thing that we're actually worried about now? Like, like the people that you've quoted, mm -hmm. you know, they what? What do they care about funding in Australia? Like, if you're gonna do it, you're gonna do it no matter what without funding. Yeah, that's something you wrote down, isn't it? We'll yeah, find out in a yeah. minute. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to listen, if you, my my opi honest opinion is, I don't yeah. care what the government takes away until they start taking away your freedom to do the art. You know what I mean? If yep. you if, if they're going to say you can't do art anymore, then that's something worth fighting for. If they're going to say we're not going to give you a couple of bucks and we're not going to make you put out a tender to ask permission for us to give you money to do art, mm -hmm. then that, that, that's not, not important. Like that's not something that factors into what I do. You know, it may be really important and the livelihood of other people to get government grants and um, so they can, you know, live their life as like this weird bohemian person doing art um, and getting other people to pay for it. But, you know, that's not my reality and I don't think that that's many people's reality. So the actual impact of what they're talking about, I don't think actually hits anyone, but the outrage that it can generate is, you know, can be quite palpable I reckon I'm sure that like a lot of people on Facebook or whatever are just going to go out and form protests and doing this and that and guess what none of that's going to matter because the government's just going to do whatever they want if you want to do art do do the art that you want to do without having to worry about what anyone else is going to pay you for because that's the pure art if you're going to put out a tender and hope that somebody picks up on it and lets you lets you do the art in public or lets you perform whatever you want to do then you know that that's that's another story altogether and if you're waiting to be paid to do your art then you probably should reassess why you're doing it in the first place that's good. oh by the way that's i just wanted to address um mm -hmm. the other day you said to me that one of your one of your listeners mm -hmm. um said to you that they enjoy the podcast but mm -hmm. they don't really agree with everything your friend says mm -hmm. me being your friend yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're not friends <laughs> <laughs> um and you told me this after we recorded the last episode where I said I don't actually care what anybody thinks. <laughs> so I don't hope I hope that didn't come across as me being rude to your friend, but Oh no, not at all. But um yeah, there are gonna be things that I say 
that are just my opinion yeah. or there are going to be things that I say that maybe everyone's thinking about and no one wants to say and they think yeah. I'm some sort of revolutionary because I have my big fat mouth <laughs> but <laughs> I actually think like I don't agree with everything you say and you don't agree with everything yeah. I say in fact we've had some humdinger arguments just this last week it was it was pretty good you pissed me off so bad <laughs> it was awesome but hey you know what I, um, I did those arguments under duress man I was really not in a good way I was no, kind of hung over I know just, I know you kicked me when I was down I know <laughs> You can kind of enjoy it a little bit. Um, you're going to hear a little bit of that in a minute, but I'll, I'll talk about that in a minute. But um, look, there's there's plenty of room for diversity of opinion. Um, and and we don't actually have to agree with each other or anything like that. So yeah, I'm no. saying that everyone should agree with me. <laughs> and if you don't agree with that, then that's your prerogative, but you should. <laughs> All right. Now, so I want to conclude our first experiment by opening this piece of paper okay. well, and getting you to read it. Out? Why don't you no, read no, it? No, no, no. I want you to read it okay. and David see if Copperfield it's accurate. Over here. Yeah. So let's see if what I wrote down before the show started If there's is... not a picture of a blue tiger. Like, I don't know. Like, I thought you were like... <laughs> okay, so this is about a discussion thing. of government funding. Okay, what it doesn't does it say? matter what the government funds. Just do art. Don't wait. Funding uh, for government funding or government permission. There you go. Yeah. Was that fairly bad. accurate? Yeah, pretty funny. Was that good? Yeah, I'm obviously very predictable. <laughs> not at all. I, I should leave now. Like, you, listen, you guys just, already know what I'm going to say on any I'll given t- subject. I'll now. take over. I'll take over Franklin. <laughs> you just sit there on the. <laughs> I'll have a conversation with Franklin. <laughs> you may have to one day. <laughs> you talk That's to the puppet. Funny. I'm leaving. <laughs> Speaking of um, reactions to the pod, um, I did want to um, correct the record. Something I made a mistake <laughs> with last week, last time, last time we recorded. This is actually quite funny. Um, so my wife, I get home, and my wife's sitting on the couch with her uh, headphones on, and she's listening to the podcast. And I start talking to her. She said, like, "Hold on, it's nearly finished." And, and I'm thinking, okay, well, I'm going to get a reaction. I'm going to get a, you know, what she thought of the pod and everything like that. And um, she finished listening to it and she came over to me and she said, I do have sporting ability. <laughs> so last week or last pod, I actually mentioned that um, um, with or I was talking about the, the sporting trophy trophies smashing, being yeah. smashed. <laughs> and JF's actually seen the, 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 the smashing, the carnage. The carnage. <laughs> and... Um, I mentioned that me and my wife don't have a lot of sporting ability, so the so the trophies are fairly precious. And um, she pointed out that actually I'm the one that doesn't have the sporting ability, and she's got plenty. Thank you very much. Mm. And it's true, she actually played um, volleyball and, and netball at quite a high standard when she was younger. Um, it's yeah. So that my bad. So I, I, I bagged out my when, wife and said the wrong thing, and that uh, was bad. I mean, you you fell into the same trap that I fall into. Is I just assumed that my wife's not going to listen and just tell me it's nice anyway. Um, but like when you came home, was she sitting in a dark room and then you, you walked in and she turned the light on light and on you didn't know she was there? <laughs> no, no, it wasn't like that. But um, it, it felt like that a little bit. <laughs> just real yeah. quietly. I, I do have sporting ability. I'm really sorry. Yeah. You've made an error Excuse and me. you will correct it. I can't, it's a recording. <laughs> You know, people it's out there in the already. world. So, if um if if you're listening to this in ten years and you've discovered this podcast and the episodes run episode one, two, four, five, and six, you'll know that I was forced to take episode three down because it 
it had it, an in, uh, correct, incorrect oh, thing. In it, it was factually incorrect. You're putting your wife in front of yourself saying, oh, she doesn't have sporting ability either, so the trophies are precious too. It's like, no, they're precious because she does have sporting ability and she wants to show it off. Anyway. Well, were, yeah. Yeah. My wife's awesome. I'm just going to say that because she'll be <laughs> listening to this next one as well. All right. Go All for right. it. No worries. So, okay. So, that experiment was good. Um, the, another thing quickly that uh, we did in the last week, which was when we had a whole bunch of arguments, was um, we went to the... What's it called again? Monash mm. Mini Maker Fair. Monash Mini Maker Fair. Um, sorry, that, that name has got me befuddled quite a bit. Anyway, we went to that last week and we... Oh. <laughs> the other thing that my wife wasn't happy with is hearing JF's phone go off in the background, which Very it just did. So there you go. Yeah. So um, we went to that and uh, we recorded a couple of thoughts while we were there. And uh, that's what you're going to hear after this break. Yeah, well, so here we are at the Monash Mini Maker Fair. So me and uh, JF have uh, come here to check out all of the Mini Makers. They all look regular size to me, these people. Yes. Well, there's a mini one over there. Oh, there's a small person, yeah. Yeah. Everyone else is regular size though, so... Be interesting um, to see what they have here. Not many food trucks. I was disappointed about the food truck options. Well, it's not a food truck fair, so... Well, it's not, but I'm hungry and I have to eat. <laughs> So we're making that a priority at the moment, eating. So we're going to get around and um, check out some of the stalls presently. Um, yeah. So yeah, cool. All right. We'll talk to you soon. We'll give you some updates. Okay. So we've, we've just been to the, um, what's it called? The Mini Maker Fair at Monash University. Yep. And what do we think of it? We spent the whole time talking about the dynamics of the podcast <laughs> instead of actually looking at everything. And and you were getting a bit stressed out. Yeah, and... yeah I'm not going to lie, you're pissing me off a little bit. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, I was too. Um, yeah. It was okay. I mean, a lot of robotics shit, a lot of uh, people doing, um, you know, fascinating stuff with different uh, materials, recycled plastics. and VR stuff there. Yeah, it's all great. I mean, like, you know, I don't know, maybe I'm hungover and I can't really appreciate most of it. But hey, it's good that we had a maker fair locally because we don't get those very often here. Yeah. So, um, yeah, well, as we, yeah, we'll, we'll oh, I don't even know what I'm saying. <laughs> Sorry, I'm thinking about what I'm talking yeah, about see, too much. Told you. Yeah, it's ruining our dynamic. Yeah. No, that, I mean, like, that, listen, that, it, was, it, was a, it was a little bit of fun. Like, there was interesting, they had some little BattleBot stuff and yeah. you know, some R2-D2s and a bit of cosplay. And, you know, it would have been interesting to see, like, a wider array of um, making, you know, comic artists, perhaps, artists, um, as opposed to straight up... Um, it was robotics sort of more, and that sort of stuff. More kind of engineering type yeah. making stuff rather than craft I mean, type all, making. It's all fascinating. There's some good stuff there. I just, I'm a bit too hungover to okay. appreciate it today. I enjoy it. <laughs> um, yeah, so, well, thanks, Monash, anyway, for hosting us for the short time that we were here. It was it was good fun. Did they know we were here? Probably not. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Were the tickets free? 
Yep, the tickets are free. <laughs> that's uh, that's a right <laughs> price. <laughs> yeah, I would have paid double. Yeah, no, easy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> all good. No worries. So yeah, signing off from the Monash Mini Maker Fair. I keep having to look at my wrist to find out where the hell <laughs> we've just been to. <laughs> all right, see you later. Bye. We're back from Monash, or the recordings of Monash, last week. Um, something I mentioned in the last podcast that I actually wanted us to talk about, and I think it's going to lead into a conversation um, about nuts and bolts. Mm -hmm. Last week we talked about nuts and bolts and some of my nuts and bolts and how you make art happen, like how it actually looks on a practical level. But let me start off with this question too, um, and that is around aiming for perfection. Mm. Should it be the goal of an artist to aim for perfection? No. Why not? Because perfection is unattainable. What do you do if is that, it's an arbitrary thing to aim for perfect, perfect uh, perf perfection? What what does that actually mean? Like, are you going to pick a goal and work towards that goal? Does that what is that what perfection means? Yeah, I'm not saying reaching perfection. I'm saying aiming for perfection. Uh, I think. Aiming for perfection is flawed because it's sort of like um, that idea of a dog chasing a car. Like if he catches one, what are you going to do with it? If you get perfect at what you do, you might as well quit. You're not going to get better than that. But you know you're never going to catch the car, right? Yeah. So I don't think... I mean, you can aim for to make the perfect piece, but I, I just think that that's a flawed idea because there's no such thing as getting the perfect piece. You're As an artist, you'll always find flaws in your work. Hmm. Yeah. And the minute you don't find flaws in your work, you might as well go, okay, well, that's it. I'm going to quit while I'm ahead. I'm done. I think the more valid thing is to aim to create the best work you can. And if... Isn't that the same thing? No. Because if you're going to aim for perfection, what you may end up doing um, is editing yourself out of doing any work. Because your idea of perfection is not everyone's idea of perfection. There are going to people be people that don't like what you do. Mm -hmm. Is that is that still a perfect piece? Like, if somebody doesn't like what you do, it's no longer a perfection, even if it's the most perfect piece to you. So yeah, that's a you know, and I, I just feel that if you're going to con constantly edit yourself and try and <clears throat> redo, especially if you're trying to redo the same thing over and over again to try and get it perfect, yeah, it's a, it's a bad idea. If you find that you've got flaws in your work, the best way to combat that is to do more work and to correct the flaws in future works so that you can actually have a trackable, um, like a, a, a trackable journey that you can look at the first piece and the piece that you'd done yesterday mm -hmm. and see how far you've come. If I'm not you're necessarily talking about repeating the same thing over and over again until you reach perfection. It can be, okay, well, this piece wasn't perfect. The next thing I'm doing, even if it's completely different, yeah. I'm still aiming for that to be. But also, um, your idea of perfection and your idea of what you like and what you, you what you deem is good changes over time. And so if you're constantly swimming towards this goal of um, trying to get perfect, then it's kind of like this weird arbitrary thing that you're swimming towards that you don't even know what you're doing. Like it was perfect when you were 15. Is it still perfect when you're 30? Mm. Is it still the same perfection when you're 40? Mm. Like I think that like... It's not, it's, not a, it's not a destination, it's a journey. And perfection sounds like a destination, doesn't sound like a journey. 
Are we getting caught up in how we're defining the word? Yeah, well, you're the one who brought it up, man. <laughs> <laughs> Not wrong. Um, uh, you asked my opinion, I'm telling you my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. No, that's good. Um, uh, what, 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 are your, what are your thoughts on this topic if, since you've been thinking about it? Um, I, I think it's important to understand that it is a destination, but it's a destination that's impossible to reach. Does it, for exactly the reasons you stated, like your, your opinion on what is perfect can change. Other people's opinion on what is and isn't perfect, like what, are you, what exactly does it mean? What exactly are you aiming for? Um, I have also done things in the past where I'm pretty sure there's a higher probability of failure. And yeah, kind of have to embrace that. Yep. And that's something you've actually encouraged me in a lot over the years is actually embracing the stuff ups and the failures and the, okay, this is, this is probably not going to work, but let's try it and completely royally screw it up. And that's okay. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to get in trouble for messing something up. Yeah. Like you're not going to get in trouble if you fail at something. Yeah. You, you, the only thing you can get out of it is experience. Mm. And, um, yeah, literally every, a lot of people are, are scared of failure. And I think that that holds people back from actually trying anything sometimes. And I'm not saying this is for everybody, but I know mm. that it's a case where some people like, I don't want to do that in case I'm no good at it. So, well, you should do it because you are no good at it and then you get better at it. That's, it's a really simple equation. Like you do something long enough, you will instinctively get better at it. It can't freak people out though. You know, and I mean, you know, well, you know, I don't know. It's just, I just think that it's one of those things that, uh, like embracing the idea that you're going to be bad at something is really awesome because Mm. if you try something and this is my personal philosophy, you try something and you suck at it so hard, Mm. you should actually rejoice in that (laughs) because you know that you can't get any worse at it at that point. The next time you do it, you're going to be slightly better mm. because you've already done it once and you sucked at it. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, 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 and yeah. so like the idea of trying to get like perfect at something is, is useless because, you know, I, I don't think that there's such a thing. And there, there, could, be, yeah, yeah. there could be some people un, out there that... It's unreachable. That, well, I think there are some people out there who will really disagree with what I'm saying and that's fine. But, uh, you know, I'm talking about my personal opinion and that's that, you know what mm, I mean? Like mm. perfection is just unattainable yeah Mm. yeah I don't think you're wrong about that cool there we go we agree on something today (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah so it's about embracing your errors and your mistakes and that kind of thing so we talked a bit about um, last week about nuts and bolts you know how how do I make art and creativity and that kind of thing work and it involved a lot of jamming things in where you can and um, being very time poor and, and um, everything else. We had that discussion. Um, and I think that sometimes that can actually impact the quality of your work. You don't, you don't, you don't actually have the... It's not as simple as oh, you get to just sit down and do whatever you want for however long you want and mess with it and mess with it and mess with it until you get it quote-unquote perfect. Mm. Um, so let's talk a little bit about your nuts and bolts. What's your process? Um, how does creating art on a practical level look to you? All right. This is not a short story. <laughs> I'm sorry yeah. to say, but All this right. goes back years. All right. right? Take us back. 
All right. Um, we'll get in the way back machine. All right. and when I was in when I was in uh, uni studying, and actually probably started in high school as well. Uh, my dad was really strict, saying, "Oh, you know, you need to study now. This is the time to get your studies done." And I was all about watching whatever nineties shit TV was on. What did we used to watch? Don't know. X Files, maybe. <laughs> what you had a lot of those comics too TV yeah, oh god they were horrible um, yeah TV you know like when you're a kid you want to watch TV now I can't imagine how hard it would be with so many media outlets and mm. streaming services and mobile devices like back then we just had a TV with like five channels you know um, and my dad said to me something that's kind of bounced around in my head and it's bounced around for like years he said listen once you're done studying mm. This will be the annoying part, but once you're done studying, you can watch as much TV as you want. Mm. You can have two TVs if you want and (laughs) watch them simultaneously. (laughs) One for each eye. (laughs) Right? And actually, literally, you said that to me, and I was like, oh, okay, so, you know, whatever you you say, like, whatever, man. Okay. Anyway, so cut to years later when I'm actually working in a corporate job. Pulling twelve-hour night shifts at like some global operations center, right, and then getting home and flopped in front of the TV and you know, and I had this niggling feeling, and it's always stayed with me, and I really enjoy it. Is you could be doing something else. You could be. You should be doing something else. At least all those years that you studied, you've had something else to do when you got home. You had homework to do. You've had assignments and, you know, presentations to get ready for. Now you've got nothing. Your life is free. You mm. can go out and drink. You could watch TV. You could do anything you want. The world is open. But I had this feeling that I really should be producing something since I've been producing something essentially my whole life, whether it's like really badly written essays or whatever it was. Um, I should try and produce something now. And that started like this journey that I've been on for I don't know like 20 something years like I started with like street art and writing my own zines um, you know that I would write in the dead of night you know at the global operations center and then you know use their ample free photocopying facilities which now (laughs) I have to pay for Um, you know and I've always lived with the idea that I have to be producing something and um, in the last, I don't know, maybe six or so, I can't even, I don't know how many years, um, I used to wake up early. Mm. And anybody that knows me who wants to talk about art, mm. they'll know this of me, right? I literally, now, as of this morning, wake up at 3 a.m. every morning, every day. Mm. Unless I've been out really late, which never happens, right? So, very occasionally. 3 a.m. is my wake up call. Right, I'm out of bed, yep. have a shower, have my coffee and do art for as many hours as I can before I have to leave for work. Yeah. Okay, now that's been thrown into a little bit of, you know, turmoil with the current job that I do where my um, times shift mm, yeah. on a daily basis and the times that I have to be on site And shift. the length of your days. Yeah, well. yeah, the length of my days. So, but I still wake up at 3 a.m. Um, whether it's just to like if I have not enough time to do art I'll sit and watch a a show have a coffee relax into the day or just hardcore get into artwork I'm lucky enough that I have a home studio Hmm. like my garage is my studio you talk about a home studio people are picturing 
one of those big loft apartments or whatever. No, 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 no. I don't have We're a talking studio about your, apartment. Like you have a garage. Studio. It's an art studio. It is now. Yeah. It's a I, when they built it, they built it for a car. Well, listen, when you build a room, you don't build it to, oh, this is the studio. It's like, oh, this I'm, is a room. Now it's a I'm, studio. I'm bringing it back to reality because I don't want people picturing in their heads when you talk about a studio, some no, big I have, space I have an with art studio. up everywhere. You have an art studio. It is a garage. It is, it is essentially a garage that you don't put a car in, you put art in. So. Yeah. And I mean, it has no natural light, so yep. I can already hear the art students balking at that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you go, using the space that you've got. I use what I've got and I'm really lucky to have that space because I have, I've had artists come through to pick up bits and pieces whenever they've had mm. to um, and they look at my absolute pigsty of a studio going and they just like, oh my God, what I could do with this space. Like, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's great I mean, you for call me. It, you call it a pigsty. Because it it's is a pigsty. It's seriously like, beautiful. It's a I, freaking I, bomb site. I go in there and I... I can't stop looking around. Yeah, because there's stuff every, everywhere. Every corner of the room you look in, there's something interesting. Um, even if it's just, uh, you know, you've got a, like a, if you've got, if you see over here, there's a, a messy table and you've got paints and, and over here you've got um, resin stuff and it, it, it gives you a glimpse a little bit into the process as well. And that's interesting oh, as well. Oh, the process is what it's all about for me. So here's, right. here's the nuts and bolts, right? Yep. I have two kids. I have a job that takes me away from the house for essentially most of the day. Yep. Right? Um, this is the boring stuff. I realized that I'm not a night owl. I'm a reverse night owl. Hmm. So You don't stay up late and get up early. No. Okay, so the 3 a.m. rises. What yeah. time would you go to bed most nights? Eight. Eight, eight o'clock, eight thirty. So this is about the same time as the kids do. Actually, not sometimes after. before the kids, like they they're in bed and then they mess around. I'm I'm asleep by that time. <laughs> Listen, I if here's the thing, right? I'm tired of hearing people front about art, right? Yeah. I'm tired of people making excuses. Mm. I don't have enough time. Oh, I, I I don't do this. The the like I had someone say to me, oh, I've I was listening to your podcast and I used to say I don't have enough time, mm. but the truth is was I'm just lazy. Someone actually said that to me. Wow. And I'm like, listen, I'm not going to tell you what you are and what you're not. I'm just, I don't want to be lazy. Yeah. Like, I'm not, I'm not here to call out anyone else. Yeah. Right? I'm just here to tell you my truth. Yeah. Right? And my truth is, I don't want to just consume. Yeah. Consuming is for like, if you're an artist, you're, you're, your main thing should be producing, not consuming. You shouldn't be like pouring over the internet, looking at, you know, articles of this and doing that and just consuming every single piece of shit media that comes out. Like, I mean, I'm seeing so many creators wasting their fucking time at the moment on Baby Yoda. What the fuck is Baby Yoda? <laughs> yeah. Baby Yoda was created in a boardroom. <laughs> Let me, wait, wait, really wait. <laughs> Listen, Baby Yoda was created in a boardroom because no one cares about Star Wars anymore and they needed to sell some toys. Okay. Everyone likes Baby Groot. Everyone likes Baby Groot. Oh, let's do Baby Yoda. All the artists will do their own interpretations and put them on Instagram. Hashtag Baby Yoda. I'm like, what the fuck is Baby Yoda? I don't even know what this thing is. I see it everywhere. I don't even know. I haven't seen this trailer for it because I'm like, these movies suck now. Okay? I'm really sorry, but they all suck. Okay? Who's bored of Star Wars? Hands up. I'm really sorry. 
I actually quite enjoy it. Yeah, are they great? Are they great movies? Or are they okay? See, that's the problem. They are okay. No one ever said, "Oh, what do you think of the first um, uh, A New Hope?" Yeah, it's okay. No, they said, "Oh my God, A New Hope was amazing." (laughs) What What do you think of uh, Solo? Yeah, it was alright. Yeah, but that's every movie that comes out at the moment. Yeah, it's alright. I'm gonna average. I'm gonna yeah. In terms of Star Wars. The, the last one. Hang on, what were we what talking about? <laughs> I forgot what we'll we get, talking We'll get back there. We'll circle around. But The Last Jedi, I actually really loved that. I thought it was the best Star Wars movie in ages. And all of the Star Wars fanboys hated it. Yeah, but who cares about Star Wars fanboys? It's just sort of like, oh, who cares about Masters of the Universe fanboys? It's like, the, what, the, the vocal minority? Who cares what they think? Like, Wait, it, we're the vocal minority <laughs> of, of whatever we're talking about. I'm just vocal. I don't know if I'm a minority. <laughs> Are you saying a minority because I'm black? No. <laughs> no. No, listen. Listen. Here's the deal, right? Okay. If you want to consume, then mm. that's fine. You can consume, right? Me, I have other things to do. Whenever anyone like is shocked at the idea that I wake up at three o'clock, I go, I've got stuff to do, mate. Like, I've got stuff to do. Yeah. Like, if I can't find the time... I can, here's, the, the real is, my kids want to play when I get home. Yeah. Right, and they want me to read books to them, yep. or you know, the parents to read books. Um, they, they want me to make paper airplanes and run around the backyard and throw them with them. Yeah, beautiful. How am I supposed to cram art into that time? Yeah, you know, how am I to say, oh, we can't do that now because Daddy's doing his art stuff. Yeah. yeah. Okay, and so, you know, and by the time they're asleep, I'm absolutely haggard. I am dead. Mm. I'm so tired, my brain is mush. We've been up since three in the morning. Well, (laughs) on a normal day, just imagine like working a a 10, 14 hour day or something like that. You don't know what's going to happen and then you come home and try and do art. No. So reverse night owl, I wake up early. No one else is awake. Like I have quiet, quiet. No distractions. I have no distractions. I, and the fact that I have a studio means I can leave a mess if I need to. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, in the winter, I just sit at the dining room table and draw. Because it's too cold to go to the studio or whatever. Yeah. But I'm lucky in that sense. Um, I I have, like I used to say to my wife, even before I started this job, I used to say, you know what? I wish I could work four days a week mm. and have the other, uh, a day just to do art. Mm. Right? Now, I don't know if you've heard about, and this isn't, I'm not condoning any of this stuff or whatever, but you've, have you heard The Secret you know, that, that book that came out years ago that, you know, said, oh, you can manifest any sort of thing just by wishing hard enough or whatever it was. Oh, gosh. Now, I don't really believe in that, but I'd, something ticked me off a couple of years ago, maybe last year, about, like, basically a, another successful entrepreneur was talking about waking up early and basically oh. trying to kick his followers' bums into saying, listen, if you're saying you should... You, you don't have time, wake up half an hour early and you'll have a bit of time. And I'm like, half an hour? Pff, what were you, like, rookies, you know? <laughs> but I was already doing what I did. But mm. it, it spurred me on the idea of counting up the hours that I actually created out of nothingness. Mm. And you, did, is that, you showed it to me? Did you show that to maybe, me? Maybe, I, I don't know. I think you did. It was a long while ago. Yeah, yeah and anyway. so... <clears throat> I counted up the hours and I was at, uh, I was just, I counted them up again just before. Hmm. So on average, every day I get maybe two hours free time. Yeah. Right? I created two hours free time. 
on the weekends I get about three hours free time because I don't need to go anywhere so yeah, I can work from work. three yeah, yeah. don't even need to have a shower I just jump up grab my coffee and just work from three until six until the kids wake up yeah. sometimes seven yeah right yeah. so on average I'm getting between 14 to 16 hours extra artwork done a week now well let's ask the question let me ask you one thing right yeah Imagine the longest day you've ever worked. Yeah. Right? Was it anywhere near 14 to 16 hours? Yeah. Right? I would say for a lot of people, it probably would be. A now, long, that's a long day. A let long let me day. put it yeah. this way. Yeah. I used to ask for an extra day. I, did, I wasn't yeah. asking to work less. Yeah. I was saying if I could only work less, I could have that extra day. I've yeah. literally created a ridiculously large work day. Yeah. What I wished for years ago is what yeah. I've created I didn't even know, just from happenstance. I was just like, oh, this would be a good idea. Now I've created an extra, like almost two working days in just by waking up early and doing what I do. Now, this is a function of not me trying to be a smart ass and trying to show off to everyone. It's just me because I need to do it, right? Now I have people going, oh, I'd like to draw one day. I'm like, oh yeah, what do you mean you'd like to draw one day? Like, I'd like what's to. What's wrong with today? What, what's what happened? What do you do now? And they're like, oh, you know, Xbox. And it's like, well, you're never going to do it, mate. Mm-hmm. You're 22 now, and you want to draw one day. Mm-hmm. What are you going to wait till you're my age to start when you're yeah. bored of Xbox and PS3 or whatever you guys play? Yeah. PS4. I don't know what's a new one. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> you were too busy doing art to know to know what consoles Sega, are. Mega Drive. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Super Entertainment System. No, um, no. listen. If yeah. you want it. You can find a way to do it. Yeah. But if you <clears throat> want to talk about it just to be cool in front of people, then don't even bother, man. Just go go and watch every concert that comes out. Go and watch every movie that comes out and do whatever the hell you want. I was going to ask, where do you get the... I think you've actually answered the question. Where do you get the motivation to get up at 3 a.m.? Oh, you don't... Okay. <clears throat> Practically speaking, you don't just start waking up at 3 a.m. Yeah. Right? It takes about a year to work up to waking up to 3 a.m. <laughs> you have to wake up in increments earlier yeah. and earlier. Like it yeah. used to be five. Ooh, five. Okay, that's yeah. pretty cool. You know, kind of everything's dark still. And then <laughs> I was like, oh, it's still not enough time. So 4.30, oh yeah. yeah. And I actually got to four o'clock and I stayed at four o'clock for a really long time. But then I yeah. realized that it was getting chewed up by having a shower, doing the morning ritual. And then by the time I get ready, have my coffee and stuff like that, it was still not enough time. And so I've got to three o'clock where... That's the sweet spot, I think. Like, it's a, it's a decent chunk of time to do the work. It's, um, I can get, I mean, I made the Franklin puppet mm. yesterday. I literally cut the pattern out the day before. So it's not, it's not something you've made from something else. You've built that from scratch. I cut, I, I got a pattern. Yeah. yeah. There was a pattern yeah, that I got yeah, from yeah, this yeah. guy called Adam, oh, I forgot his last name. He's a puppet maker on um, Instagram and he was doing tutorials and stuff. So I was yep. watching him and I'm like, okay, I reckon that's achievable. I could do that. And um, so I got the pattern and I just basically used my phone as a light box. I traced it out really small and then blew it up with my projector. Yeah, That's a secret that I shouldn't <laughs> have actually told anyone. Um, and yeah, I basically cut the pattern out the day before and then literally I woke up yesterday. I didn't really have any artwork to do you know i wasn't feeling really into it and i'll get into that in just a minute mm. i wasn't feeling like i wanted to do anything mm. so i thought what can i do that doesn't involve being particularly creative and so i said i could sit here and watch youtube and sew this puppet and i did i sat there it, it doesn't take creativity to sew a puppet 
it takes grunt work it takes dedication and time yeah, it doesn't yeah. take a career the creativity is coming up with the the eyeballs with the little yeah, um yeah. thing and the little f- flourishes as it has yeah, but yeah, yeah. the actual mechanics of it is really like it's a, essentially a bag that i made well and a lot so, of a lot of art is grunt work though yeah, yeah and that's absolutely. the other thing i wanted to talk about I don't know, have we gone too much, too long with this? Or? This segment's going a long time, so we're going to take a little bit of a break and we're going to come back and you'll talk a little bit more about... We'll pick up on that. Okay. On that in just a moment. And we're back. Uh, so you were talking about... Um... Uh, your nuts and bolts and yep. you had a particular point that you wanted to make that I'm actually interested in hearing okay it? well um, I was literally reading up right before I got here about people waking up at 4am 4am seems to be the sweet spots for mm. successful people apparently yep. um, I think that's weak source but that's just me mm-hmm. um, and a lot of articles and I'm just I was just reading to research because I remember there was a uh, a fairly famous author who used to do this exact thing. He used to wake up and write his novels before he went to his job as a copywriter. Yep. Um, and there are a lot of articles if you search online about successful people. The key mm. to success is waking up at uh, four a.m. And I'm like, no, that's not the key to success because you can wake up at four a.m. and play video games. So that's not successful at all. Yeah. Unless you want to be successful playing video games, but. I heard Mark Bernardin of the uh, Fat Man on Batman podcast once mm. say the words that every moment is not magical, which essentially means that you can't, for me anyway, it actually means that not everything you do at every moment that you do it is going to be perfect and awesome. There are going to be times when you feel like you're wasting your time. There are going to be times when you don't feel like doing the work. Yeah. For me, what that means is that the magical moments are the creative bursts, mm-hmm. the the time when you're inspired, when you actually... The light bulb moments. The light bulb moments, but they don't happen all the time. Mm. But what you've got to get over is that that is all that's there. After that, there is the grunt work, the development work, yeah. the inking, the drawing, the sewing, the all the boring parts. The developing. The developments the, that aren't particularly sexy. Drawing the same character over and over and over yeah. and over again till you can do it in your sleep. Yeah, and these are parts aren't particularly sexy and it's no. not what we put on our highlight reel, yeah. but it's all the work that actually gets us to be good at what we do. These are the parts that no one actually talks about. Mm-hmm. We all talk about the hero moments. You know, yeah. you see the, the, oh, look at the turnaround of this beautiful character, how amazing mm-hmm. it is, right? You don't see all the failures that came before it. Yeah. It's like watching a skateboard video and watching the guy nail every trick. It's like, how many times did he have to do that before he actually did it? Fell on his yeah. backside, yeah. And, uh, you know what I think contributes to that? Um, there's a, um, you see on Facebook and Instagram videos and, and, and this kind of thing quite a lot is those, is someone doing a piece of art, say a painting or whatever, but it's sped up. Mm. So, you know, their hands going really yeah, yeah, fast. Yeah. And, and and you can watch this piece of art unfold over five minutes. Yeah. This really intricate thing when in reality that's taken them hours and hours and hours yeah. and hours. And what you're watching is a, an incredibly sped up version and it makes art look like it's something that just happens. Yeah. Um, but so you, you get... haven't seen the development work and you haven't seen that person has actually poured over those details yeah. 
for hours. He's only ever going to show you, or they are only ever <laughs> going to show you when they are mint at it. Yeah. When they can do it, like like you said, in their sleep, Yeah, that's when they're going to hit it live. You yeah. know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Like, I'd rather see the torn up pieces of paper of all your failures. Yeah. Because that's the real. That's the honest artwork. Mm. You know? That's the mistakes. These are parts that are most important. When when you say, I worked for 10 years mm. doing a job that I didn't like to support my art, that, mm. that comment is like one sentence. Mm. You know, I worked for 10 years cleaning toilets before I made it or I, I was discovered or whatever. Mm. These are only like a single, like, it's a single line which you yeah. can dismiss very easily when you actually have to live 10 years cleaning toilets or mm. doing a job that you don't particularly want to be doing when you could envision yourself doing something else mm. like living the reality that is completely different than saying one sentence mm. it's 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 just that not every moment is magical mm. you don't nobody ever gets to create and have fun the whole time and if people show you that that's their reality then they're lying to you 100% because everybody has the same problems we have the same we all feel alone at some stage we all feel sad we all feel hungry we all need to go to the toilet nobody's life is ever perfect and nobody's artwork is always a highlight reel yeah. there is so much stuff that you don't see because they don't want you to see that I think it's important to expose that if you're sitting there bored or doing the boring work, not bored, but doing mm. the boring work, mm. just realize that that's probably the most important work to actually do because that's the work that doesn't give you any glory but will push you forward in the future. Mm. The boring work is the reason why you stay home and do the work, yeah. that you're not out partying or going to the concerts or going to the movies all the time is because you've got a higher calling that you need to do something mm. else. It's not bad doing those things. We've gone and seen our fair share of movies. Yeah, but if that's thing. all you do, yeah. if all you do is go and seek out every new entertainment that comes out, yeah, then you've got to realise that you're just consuming as opposed to adding to the conversation. And there's yeah. if you're if that's what you do, then yeah. that's fine. Yeah. But I would implore everyone to make sure that at the end of their life, when their life flashes before your eyes, <laughs> the last thing that you think about is not, oh, I'm so happy I saw all those movies and consumed all that pop culture and now I'm going to die with actually having left nothing yeah. on this earth. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's good. What was the phrase of Mark Bodan? Not every moment is magical. Not every moment is magical. Not every moment is magical. That is oh, something I've got to live by. Talking about death, I uh, actually drove past a hearse the other day. Yeah. And it had a plot, no, a particle board coffin in the back. <gasps> and I was like, yeah, mine will be one step below that. Put me in a couple Cardboard of boxes. Box. <laughs> <laughs> now, I was going to segue. Um, the I was going to segue uh, that that line. Um, not every moment is magical, um, and I was going to use the statement. I'd love that on a T-shirt, which brings me to my next experiment. Do we have merch now? No. Oh, okay. But good. I am going to rope in everyone that's listening to this podcast that's on social media, including our good selves. And we're going to do a little bit of an experiment. And the results of that experiment we'll also put up on our socials. So it doesn't matter whether you're listening to this next week or in a year from now, you can actually do this experiment and see if it works. Now, I was um, I saw something on Twitter um, where someone was, uh, I think it was an artist, um, 
was imploring people not to put the statement, you know, when you when you're scrolling through your socials and you see someone's artwork, mm-hmm. whether it be a painted piece or a funny slogan or a cartoon or whatever it happens to be. And they make the comment, I'd really love that on a t-shirt. Oh god. All right, yeah. And I know you know that. what I mean? And they're actually saying that you should never ever write that on the socials of an artist that you follow because that comment is actually picked up by bots by random bots that are looking that are programmed to search for those kind of terms on social media and then what they do is they put together an advertisement with whatever you're commenting on so that artist's work and and they were showing they actually showed examples and then they'll put that artwork on a t-shirt and send you an ad in Google or in Facebook or on Twitter or something like that. And they were actually showing the results where someone comments, I'd love that on a t-shirt. And the next thing that happens, like within days, is they're getting advertisements for t-shirts with that piece so of art. So you want to hack so this and try and I want, get I want to try. I want to, no, 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 not at all. No, I want to see if it works. I want to see if this works. So... Um, uh, so the, the point is if you see artwork that you like or a funny slogan or whatever don't ever say I'd like that on a t-shirt the reason being is because you might be admiring the piece of art that someone's putting out mm. but what it actually does is if the bots and people that steal artwork to put on t-shirts to sell for themselves people can actually lose control of their own art and people then make money off their art without permission. Yeah. And, and and once that genie's out of the bottle, it's really hard to get it back oh, in. Oh, you'll never get it back in. I knew nah, a guy it, from the it. stencil scene who had yep. a stencil yep. called Jesus Shaves. Yep. Instead of Jesus. <laughs> yeah. And it was a picture of Jesus with a, uh, a, like a big razor yeah, yeah, shaving. Yeah. And um, it was a Melbourne piece and I knew the guy that did it. Yeah. And he... He got a photo from, like, was it Thailand or some Asian country where bootlegging is... Yeah. With a stall. Yeah. With just T-shirt, his T-shirt. Yeah. Like, some lady was just had Jesus Shaves T-shirts. Yeah. And it wasn't, yeah. he wasn't even, like, world famous or anything. Yeah. It was just something that they picked up on. One colour stencil could be made into a, yeah. uh, a screen print really easily. Yeah. And they were just selling. And I'm like... Oh well. I so mean... they can actually do that already. They can look. People can scour the internet for artwork that looks cool, that looks funny, and put it on the t-shirt. They can do that already. the 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 idea is that they actually now are deliberately searching for people making comments like "I wish that was on a sticker" or "I wish that was on a t-shirt" or something like that. They actually search for that stuff written down. So, and, what's and your then... experiment? Okay, so. Between episodes three and four, uh, episode three last week, we talked about my first watercolour that I ever did, the starfish, okay. right? Yeah. I actually did three, so uh, and I've posted them up on my own social media. I'm going to put that out there, okay? I'm, I'm going to post photos on, the, on our socials, on Instagram, on Twitter, and on Facebook um, of those pictures that I painted, right? What I would like our listeners to do, and we're going to do it as well, is I want you to go to whatever socials you like. Go to the um, Robot Head and Spook 
If you search for Robot Head and Spook on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter, you'll find us. And and the end credits um, at the end, it's got uh, um, where our socials can be found. Um, what I want you to do is go to those specific pictures and I want you to comment, I would love that on a t-shirt or I, w- I would really like that on a t-shirt or I wish that was on a t-shirt. Whatever comment you want to make to that effect. Just say and like then, a t-shirt, I'm sure we'll see yeah, what yeah, happens. Yeah. And then I want you to see if on your socials you get that artwork, which is not greatly public at this point. I want to see if you get that artwork advertised to you on a t-shirt i've and never then, seen this by the way and then if if that indeed happens let us know yeah why are you gonna buy one um tag us whatever you want um just so that we can see if it works or not and you know what if my silly watercolor starfish ends up getting out there on a t-shirt i don't care here's an interesting idea I was yep. thinking about this. I yep. love the idea of screen printing. I've done a little tiny bit and I'd yep. like to do more. Sure. Right? But I love the idea that when you do a um, an artwork and get it screen printed, it's yep. such awesome quality. It's mm-hmm. beautiful. It's got oh, it's on beautiful paper. It's like such great quality. Yep. Except screen printing is so disposable when you flip it around and put it onto T-shirts. Because with the amount of clothing and stuff that comes out, like you put your work on a t-shirt, mm. it's just a t-shirt, right? Whether you put it on a piece of paper, you mm-hmm. can frame it, put it on your wall and everyone mm-hmm. comes over and says, oh, that's really nice, right? I've always loved the, the juxtaposition of if you put it on one media, it, it means this and you'll love it for a while and then you'll probably end up spilling something on it or it'll tear yep. and you throw it away yep, yep. whether well, you put it on another yep, media yep. and it actually is something of value and interest okay I just I've, and I mean it all depends on what you put it on I just always loved that uh, that idea and like also I really don't like the idea of people saying hey I'd buy a print of this hmm. because they won't you could if somebody Inevitably, it's a yeah, it's a yeah, thing yeah, with yeah. especially artists on online and that sort of stuff. Somebody will be like, "Hey, you should make this into a print." Yeah, yeah. But that person's not going to buy your print. Actually, <laughs> no one's going to buy your print. Like it's actually well, it's actually I, really yeah. interesting when people you know get on their thing and say, "Hey, you should do this and you should do yeah. that." And if you're dumb enough to actually listen to them and invest money o- over a comment, you might, yeah, you'll you'll end up with a bedroom full of prints under your bed. Yeah. Like I think that's a broad brush. I don't think it fits for everyone. Uh, but I've, anyway, it happens I, in, enough that it's a thing. In this instance, I want you to look for the starfish pictures that we'll put up that will be on our socials already Something when you hear this, this episode. Work. It might not, but I want to see if it does. So have a look for it. Um, comment on it, those pictures saying you want them on a T-shirt, you want them in a print, you'd buy them if they were on a t-shirt, anything like that, and then see what targeted ads you get on your own social media. We um, only want to hear about targeted ads that are related to this. We don't want to ad. hear any other targeted ads that you may be getting that are so, of a then, personal, and then, private and then nature. Tag us, in, uh, tag us where you see that artwork come up. Um, so, yeah, look, I'm probably... That means I'm probably going to lose control over that work that I've done. And, and in this instance, I don't mind... Um, okay, we're going to close out the episode with uh, something that we haven't done last week. Um, it, it's stuff that I'm digging. I don't know whether you've got a stuff for your digging this week. No, not really. I do. So I, I wanted to um, share something. 
Um, I do love movies. I haven't watched as many movies in the last six years as I would like because, you know, children. Um, but there is a, a, a guy, his name is, and I'm just bringing it up. Um, his name is Lewis or Louis um, Plamondon. Lewis Plamondon. I, I might be pr- um, pronouncing that incorrectly. Uh, it's P-L-A-M-O-N-D-O-N. Um, and Louis You're digging him, L-O-U-I-S. but you don't I don't know how to pronounce his name. You're digging anyway, him. Anyway, but he's great. He goes by the um, uh, moniker of um, Sleepy Skunk. So if you search for Sleepy Skunk, at Sleepy Skunk on Twitter, um, you'll find him. But I want you particularly to search for Sleepy Skunk on YouTube. So what, uh, what Lewis... I'm going to call him Lewis, all right? So what Lewis does is he gets all of the trailers, <clears throat> the movie trailers of movies that are coming out in a particular year, and he does a mashup of moments... Um, and they can be um, poignant moments or sad moments or action moments or um, moments of dialogue or whatever it is. And he puts them all together and he puts them to a music backing. It's usually about two or three songs. And he makes these videos and they are extraordinary. And he does them for all of the films that came out that year. Um and he's just released his 2019 one. And I know 2019 hasn't finished yet, but obviously the trailers for the movies that are going to come out in the next few weeks, he's already done. You know, or the trailers are already out there. So yeah. he's got bits from the trailers. And um, they go for usually about six minutes. He usually works on them, I understand, uh, it takes him about a month to put them together. Um, and uh, he usually does that in November, releases them in December. And they are extraordinary. Um, so I've, I've watched the one for 2019 and it's great. Um, I've also read somewhere that he intends to release a decade retrospective of, of, so a mashup of the mashups, mm-hmm. um, for all of the movies that came out between 2010 and 2019. And he's going to release that on Christmas Eve, December 24th, I think. And this episode will be out well before then. So... Look out for that. But on his YouTube channel, so if you search for Sleepy Skunk uh, uh, um, on YouTube, you can see his channel and you can go back and watch the ones for 2018, 2017, etc. And seriously, it's it's great. It's 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 a walk down memory lane for c- cinema files, seeing which movies you're able to identify and, and not. And um, <clears throat> it's just really well done, really well put together and well worth your time. So Sleepy Skunk, have a check him out. Oh, that reminds me of something that we used to watch back when I worked in an office. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a guy that would take a well-known movie and recut a trailer for it to make it look like something oh, completely yes. different. There was, wasn't there uh, Back to the Future as a um, gay romance? <laughs> yeah, and I haven't seen yeah the that one that the one. one that we watched over and over again was um, Shining. The yeah. Shining as a as a as like this almost coming of age movie between Danny Torrance and his dad and <laughs> and um they put like you know Peter Gabriel Salisbury Hills song over yeah, the back yeah, of it yeah. and it turns into a really beautiful and instead of like you know like the the scary movie of the year it's yeah. like Shining you know yeah. like it was all like and, this... there, and there was one that they made into a horror film 
What movie was it though? Oh, uh, West Side Story. West Side Story as a, a horror, as a horror. Film, like a zombie yeah. movie or something. <laughs> yeah. But um, oh wait, I had something else I wanted to tell you. Oh, yeah. um, I'm not digging it. I'm just working mm. on it. Yeah. But like, as of I think it was this morning, I picked up my old uh, the 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 pile of pages that I was compiling into my first issue of Lead Poisoning, my new book. Yep. I'm calling my new series of books here self-published um, zines. I'm going to call it Lead Poisoning because it's all based on lead-based drawings, um, so pencil drawings. Yep, yep, yep. And we're, um, we're definitely going to be sharing those on our socials for sure. Yeah, but I mean, I'm basically re- like getting all the uh, pages formatted so I can start doing it. I've neglected it for a little while. Can't wait. And man. it's just sat there, so it's going to be like something like 36 pages of awesomeness. Um, once it's out and I'm actually decided that it's going to be a run of 50 yeah 20 of them will be given away 20 of them will be sold and 10 will go into my vault yeah so when when I say you can get it for free I'm like yes you can get it for free if you find it because it's not I'm not going to make it easy for you to get it for free like so you can you can go and get it but you know it'll be like a scavenger hunt really like (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, this has turned into quite a lengthy episode. Good. So thank you for uh, listening. Thank you for all the support we've been getting. Um, thank you for all the encouragement we've been getting. Uh, we love you all. Um, oh, actually, that might be something that we can um, pick up on on a future episode. I want to talk about um, your assertion that your heroes hate you. Oh, <laughs> If you think we've got into just some juicy stuff oh, so far. Oh, man, I have that on a T-shirt. <laughs> have you seen my t-shirt it says your heroes hate you I have. everyone gets depressed when you wear it to a comic convention they suddenly suddenly realise the truth it's like I just paid 50 bucks for an autograph <laughs> nobody liked me <laughs> alright stop talking we're going to get into that next time so uh, again you're the one that brought it up <laughs> um, I am Michael aka Robot Head and I'm and- JF I'm the spook and uh, with us is Franklin. Franklin, thanks for coming, Franklin. Welcome. And uh, we'll see you all next time. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Email us at robothead and spook podcast at gmail.com. Our socials are Instagram at robothead underscore and underscore spook. Facebook.com slash robothead and spook podcast. And Twitter at robothead. The music in the pod is taken from Touch Not My Seed by Colin Lane, used with permission.